drive time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic drive time. Now here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to God. You have survived it. It is Friday. Congratulations. The weekend is upon you. Hopefully your weekend will be great. Praise be to God. Hopefully you'll have great weather and you'll get a lot done. Just just imagine you get to rest a little bit tomorrow, maybe. Who knows? Praise be to God. All things are possible. But either way, we're going to have a great show for you today. The vice president of the Thomas More Society, Peter Breen, is going to be our guest. Uh, He is senior counsel there. We're going to have a conversation around these religious exemptions Um, There's a lot of stories in the headlines about police officers, firefighters, military, medical workers, and so many other people, many people in all walks and all categories of of the country we live in that are facing these mandates and losing their jobs as a result to it. We're seeing it all over the place. In fact, uh, there's a Breitbart article out today. President uh, Joe Biden says if they don't get the, the shot, they should be fired. So what is the status of these religious exemptions? I mean, Southwest Airlines just backed off their mandate. Delta just backed off their mandate because it was, I think, a $75 million hit to their, to their, uh, their bottom line because pilots who are facing being laid off with the mandates called in sick. So what is the, the situation over religious exemptions? Attorney Peter Breen is going to be our guest from the Thomas More Society coming up at 35 past the hour. A lot of stories in the uh, news that we can cover in the What's Concerning Us section, of course. Uh, there's a big story out this week from uh, the National Review. The NIH admits to funding gain-of-function research in Wuhan. You know, so it's, it's no longer a, a conspiracy theory. Remember when it was a conspiracy theory? Those were the good old days, right? When you were labeled a, a conspiratorial for Spoiler suggesting alert. it. <laughs> but now they admit it themselves. Uh, but I just asked the question, like, okay, uh, so now that this is out, are there any ramifications for that? Uh, probably not, no. So we might discuss that. Uh, there's a, a, an interesting statement that came out of uh, the Diocese of Lake Charles in Louisiana in regards to Traditionis Custodis. I think there's a point there that I would like to bring out. Uh, I might read a little bit of that to you and the What's Concerning Us. As a follow-up story to that uh, story out of Philadelphia of the subway train and the woman who was sexually assaulted and the people who, who witnessed it and did nothing, the, the DA said, That's not the, that narrative is not true. So I may cover that a little bit uh, in the What's Concerning Us. And uh, I guess what? Twitter algorithm amplifies right-wing tweets? Is that possible? I, I don't even know. But there's a lot to talk about. And plus, we have a piece of good news for you, too, coming up in the next hour. That plus Saint of the Day, Gospel of the Day. We're going to have uh, our guest and then our game show. And today's the day we give out the prize. It's going to be a full show. Speaking of full shows, Adrian Fonseca is here on the ones and twos. Good morning to you, Adrian. Good morning. Good morning. It's good to be here. In spite of it all. In spite of it all, it's good to be here. And praise God. It's and Friday. So it you is Friday. must have something good Friday. planned for the weekend. Oh, you know, always keeping busy on Fridays and Saturday and Sunday and Monday and, and every day. I'm busy you know you know how it goes but no i'm going to be spending a lot of time with uh, some friends this weekend uh this t- tonight i'm going to uh Kima boardwalk it's a boardwalk in the houston area or i guess in the galveston area really and uh saturday going to be uh going out barbecuing with some friends and then uh and but, joe well, you're, don't you, worry your, your letters you, in the mail did yeah. you do you say barbecue your your invitations in the mail 
It'll it'll get there. Barbecue. Right. Um, I'm gonna text. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm uh, mm-hmm. looking at my text right now and. No, 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 I no? sent you a letter. No. It, a it letter? should get there. Mm-hmm. Um, it should get there. Sent it there. I like, sent it to you by tomorrow. Like snail mail or yeah, I sent it like tomorrow. U.S. Post Office Service. Mm-hmm. Or, or, yes. And that's then, the uh, way you would buy people to barbecues. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, just got it. So it was very formal. Maybe you could just formal. tell me I could just show up. I mean, it would be very inappropriate. It'd be very inappropriate. It'd be inappropriate mm-hmm. to just to just tell you. It's mm-hmm. got to be formally notice, formal invite. Formal I'm noticing invite. a trend here. Mm-hmm. I'm noticing a trend here. Yeah, very uh, much so. Every time barbecue is involved, somehow I don't get that. Invite. Oh, it's in there. It's there. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Uh huh. All I, right. I sent it tomorrow. <laughs> in spite of it all, it's still good to be here. Praise be to God. Uh, so, we're going to, as I said, have a great show lined up for you this hour. If you can join us in the next hour, it's going to be a lot of fun. We cover the heavier news in the first hour and then lighter news, more inspirational stuff in the second hour. So, please join us if you can. And I see already we have a first time commenter on the show today and that's usually something we like to acknowledge in our after show and uh and if you're not hanging out with us by the after show which is the second half of the second hour and marie well welcome to you praise be to god good morning and thank you for being a part of our program today all right we're going to pray and we're going to dive into this hour we have so much to cover we're going to be praying for your intentions as well in the name of the father the son of the holy ghost amen remember O most gracious virgin mary that never was it known That anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. And now, the headline news. Epic Times reports... Biden says the U.S. has commitment to defend Taiwan if China attacks. President Joe Biden said on Thursday that the United States was committed to defending Taiwan if the self-ruled island were attacked by China, a departure from a long-held U.S. position of strategic ambiguity. Quote, yes, we have a commitment to do that, unquote, Biden told a CNN town hall event in Baltimore when pressed on the issue amid escalating Chinese military provocations. He goes on to say, quote, China knows the U.S. has the most powerful military in the world. Don't worry about whether they're going to be more powerful, unquote, Biden said, adding, quote, I don't want a cold war with China. I just want China to understand that we are not going to step back and we are not going to change any of our views, unquote. While the United States doesn't have a commitment to defend uh, Taiwan under the Taiwan Relations Act, Washington is required by law to provide the island with the means to defend itself. Axios reports Lyft's first safety report shows over 4,000 sex assaults in three years. Nearly two years after rival Uber did the same, ride-hailing company Lyft released its first-ever safety report showing that between 2017 and 19, it received 4,158 reports of sexual assault of passengers and drivers on its service in the United States. During that period, the reporting parties across the five sexual assault categories were as follows. Drivers, 38%, riders, 52%, and third parties, 10% of the time. Overall, according to the report, these incidents only occurred in 0.0002% of all the trips. East Idaho News reports investigators finally released the cause of death for a family who mysteriously died hiking near Yosemite. 
the mystery behind the deaths of a couple, their baby, and their family dog who were found on a hiking trail near Yosemite National Park in August has come to an end. The cause of death for Jonathan Garish, Ellen Chung, and their one-year-old daughter, Miju, was hypothermia with a possible dehydration due to environmental exposure, Mariposa County Sheriff Jeremy Brees said at a news conference on Thursday. The cause of death for the family dog, Oski, is still undetermined, according to the sheriff, but they also suspect heat-related issues. Breeze noted that an empty 85-ounce water bladder was found with the couple and no other water containers were present. Search and rescue workers found the family August the 17th in a remote area of the Sierra National Forest near the South Fork of the Merced River, according to the sheriff's office. Lorley Von Trapp Campbell, the sound of Sound of Music family, dies, according to the Associated Press. The second daughter of Maria Von Trapp, whose Austrian family was famous for being depicted in the musical and beloved movie The Sound of Music, has died. She was 90 years old. Eleanor Lorley Von Trapp Campbell died Sunday in Northfield, Vermont. Campbell was born in Salzburg, Austria, the second daughter of George and Maria Von Trapp and a younger step-sibling to the older Von Trapp children who went on to be depicted in stage and film. After Campbell married in 1954, she supported her husband, a coach and teacher in Connecticut, Massachusetts, and Rhode Island, while raising seven daughters. In 1975, the family moved to Waitsfield, Vermont. She taught her girls to cook, bake, garden, sew, knit, darn, and make ice and make butter and ice cream from scratch. I wonder what darn is. I have to look that up. In addition to her two remaining siblings, survivors include seven daughters, 18 grandchildren, and six great-grandsons. Praise be to God, and those are your headline news. There's a uh, really cool person in this saint of the day today, so keep an ear out for, for that person's name. The saint of the day is St. Mark, Bishop of Jerusalem and confessor and martyr. He was born sometime in the 1st and 2nd century, and the Apostle St. James and his brother, St. Simeon, were the two first bishops of Jerusalem. Thirteen bishops who succeeded them were of the Jewish nation. The last called Judas, and uh, no, not Judas Iscariot, a different Judas. It seems to have been crowned with martyrdom among the Christians, whom Barchkabas massacred in 134. The Jews, having received this Barchkabas as their king and messiahs, and broken into a second rebellion, the emperor Adrian destroyed all the buildings that had been erected at Jerusalem since Titus and raised a new city near it, which he, con- he commanded to be called Alia Capitolina, which ever since the reign of Constantine the Great has been honored with the old name of Jerusalem. The Jews being forbidden by Adrian to come near the place, only Gentile Christians could dwell there. And Mark was the first bishop chosen from among the Gentiles to govern that church. He was a very learned and holy man, and after he had sat 20 years in that seat, he is said to have died a martyr in 156. He died in the second century, and he is the bishop and martyr of Jerusalem. St. Mark, pray for us. Emperor Adrian, huh? Hmm. Mm, Good stuff there. (laughs) Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from Luke chapter 12, verses 54 through 59. Jesus said to the crowds, When you see a cloud rising in the west, you say immediately that it is going to rain, and so it does. And when you notice that the wind is blowing from the south, you say that it is going to be hot, and so it is, you hypocrites. 
You know, you know how to interpret the appearance of the sky and the earth. Why do you not know how to interpret the present time? Why do you not judge for yourselves what is right? If you are to go with your opponent before a magistrate, make an effort to settle the matter on the way. Otherwise, your opponent will turn you over to the judge, and the judge hand you over to the constable, and the constable throw you into prison. I say to you, you will not be released until you have paid the last penny. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Theophilicate said, Our Lord, having described a rightful difference, next teaches us a rightful reconciliation. I love that. It's a very pithy line. And, of course, you have to take into account what uh, the verses that came before today's passage, which we have covered this week, about uh, to bring fire upon the earth, right? Not peace, but the sword. So uh, this this whole episode here has to be taken in one great context. Haydock's commentary points out, in these words, he reproaches them that they knew well enough how to judge of the weather by the appearance of the heavens, but were ignorant how to distinguish the times, could not discern that the time marked by the prophets for the coming of the Messiah was accomplished, that, that uh, clouds that came out of the Mediterranean brought rain, that uh, the weather, the clouds that came out of the south, they brought heat. They came from Egypt, and they brought a lot of heat. So they knew this. This was not like rocket science. They didn't need a farmer's almanac to know these things. They could, they could determine what was going to happen based on, uh, based on their lived experience of the time. And Jesus is referencing this. But he's also saying, but you also know the prophets. You know Daniel's prophecy. You know Isaiah. You know these things. You know Joel. You know these prophecies. And yet still you're acting ignorant. This is a problem. The Navarre commentary today said they apply logic to understand earthly things, but no logic at all in their judgments of him. The signs he has given them, miracles, his life, his teaching, should be enough to convince them that he is the Messiah. However, they have failed to understand the signs, and they have misunderstood him. Could you imagine going to your judgment, having to uh, admit, to face, that you have failed to, uh, to recognize the sign of the times? You have failed to understand him? I mean, I, I'm worried about that. I can imagine what it might be like for them. We have an opportunity today while breath is in our lungs to recognize our Lord and His coming in our life and then to live our life as though that matters, as though the time of mercy will come to an end and the time of judgment will be upon us. And we must live as though that is true because it is, whether we believe it or not. We're going to go to a break. We're going to come back and we're going to cover some What's Concerning Us stories. That's coming up next on Catholic Drive Time. Do us a favor. Share us with a friend. We'll be right back. Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. GloryAndShine.com, a generous underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. GloryAndShine.com is a Catholic family-owned company making a variety of personal care products ranging from lotions, soap bars, gift boxes, body mist, beard care, and more. At GloryAndShine.com, they state their mission is to, quote, 
craft every product with deep intention while holding a vision of sharing the gospel. They are good for the body, mind, and soul. Unquote. God love you, GloryAndShine.com. Thank you again. The next National Men's March to End Abortion is Monday, November 15th in Baltimore. We will gather outside of a local abortion center and march to our rally point outside of the USCCB Fall Assembly. Men, it's time. Surely, if you're thinking about the reality, the horror, and the enormity of abortion, you have to be moved to do something. Go to themensmarch.com for more information and commit to join us on November 15th in Baltimore. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired, I'm your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to God. It is great to be on with you today. It appears as though darn is the, the art of mending socks. I learned something new today. I did not know that. Uh, and Lorley, who just passed away from the Von Trapp family, uh, taught her daughters how to darn. And now uh, I've learned something new. Praise be to God. Thank you to Susan and Mary and Patty and everybody in the uh, the comment box uh, who uh, let me know what, what darn means. I would really like to uh, have someone darned my socks. That'd <laughs> darn, be really nice. I can tell you I've got a whole bunch of socks with holes in them. So if you know how to darn and you're willing to volunteer, you let me know. <laughs> and anyway, uh, coming up at 35 past the hour, we're going to talk with the uh, vice president and senior counsel of the Thomas More Society, Peter Breen, about the uh, the mandate situation. Uh, so there's lots of stories in the headline news uh, about that. So we're going to have that conversation coming up at 35 past the hour. The exemptions is what I meant to say. Here's a story that's been uh, com- circling this last week. Uh, this one is out of the National Review. NIH admits to funding gain-of-function research in Wuhan, says EcoHealth violated reporting requirements. Now, you might remember uh, the, the good senator from Kentucky going uh, head-to-head with Dr. Anthony Fauci about gain-of-function research. And Dr. Fauci just denying it. <laughs> this, it didn't happen. It didn't happen, uh, Senator Rand Paul. And, uh, and here we are finding out that, in fact, that it did happen. Right, so it used to be conspiratorial to suggest that the Wuhan, that the Wuhan lab was responsible for the release of COVID nineteen. Uh, they used to block you and censor you for saying those things on social media, and then it became sort of mainstream conversation. So that switched things up quite a bit. And then you saw the debates between Rand Paul and Fauci over it. Now here you're seeing these, the story come out this week. This is a top NIH official admitted in a Wednesday letter that U.S. taxpayers funded gain-of-function research on bad coronavirus in Wuhan and revealed that EcoHealth Alliance, the U.S. nonprofit that funded NIH money to the Wuhan Institute of Virology, was not transparent about the work it was doing. Did you know that, my dear listener? Did you know that you funded gain-of-function research on bats, the bat coronavirus, in the very lab where it is uh, suggested that the alleged that the coronavirus escaped from? Are you aware that your taxpayers funded that? Goes on to say, in the letter to Representative James Comer, representative uh, from a Republican from Kentucky, Lawrence Tabak of the NIH cites, quote, limited experiment, unquote, that was conducted to test if, quote, spike proteins from naturally occurring bad coronaviruses circulating in China were capable of binding to the human ACE2 receptor in a mouse model, unquote. 
the laboratory mice infected with the modified bat virus became sicker than those infected with the unmodified bat virus. The revelation indicates, or rather, the revelation vindicates Republican Senator Rand Paul, who got into heated exchanges with National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Disease Director Anthony Fauci during his May and July testimonials before Congress over the gain-of-function question. At the second hearing, Paul asked Fauci of misleading Congress. Uh, Paul accused Fauci of misleading Congress by denying that the U.S. had funded gain-of-function projects at the Wuhan Institute of Virology. Gain-of-function research involves extracting viruses from animals and artificially engineering them in a laboratory to make them more transmissible or deadly to humans. All right. Well, you can read the rest of this article for yourself because the one point that I want to make in all of this, the one thing I want to ask is, okay, great, now we know. It's true. It's out there. In fact, our tax dollars went to support gain-of-function research that laid the groundwork for what is today COVID that is spreading across the world. And we are having uh, lockdowns and mandates and and draconian measures and uh, a rise in depression and addictions and abuse and suicide rates as a result of all of this. School has changed dramatically as a result. School board uh, meetings are going off uh, in crazy directions. Arrests and everything else, protests, all of it, all over the world as a result. Okay, now what? Now what? It's like watching these uh, whistleblower videos on Project Veritas, which I like, by the way. I like the fact that we have these whistleblowers coming out and speaking the truth about what goes on behind closed doors. But now what? What happens next? Anything? Will anybody ever be held accountable? You know, uh, I, I, was, I reported on the Lieutenant Colonel Scheller story. Uh, the Marine, a Lieutenant Colonel, after the withdrawal of Afghanistan, criticized publicly in uniform on video and social media his superior uh, officers for their role in the debacle that became the Afghan withdrawal, which led to uh, 13 service members dying in a bomb attack, not let alone the over 100 Afghanis that died. Those Afghanis that fell from the aircraft were, in addition to that, the thousands or hundreds, and depending on the report that you choose to read, of Americans that were left behind in Afghanistan because we decided to pull chocks and leave. The billions of dollars of equipment that we handed over to the Taliban, giving them incredible military technology that they, they would have no way of otherwise been able to obtain. I can't obtain the level of tech that now the Taliban has. Like, I couldn't go to and buy, even if I had the money, the night vision technology that the Taliban has now in their arsenal. Let that sink in. And yet, Lieutenant Colonel Scheller was the only person in the military to date, let alone uh, the State Department or anybody else in the American uh, infrastructure, that has gone to the brig for the Afghan withdrawal. And he was court-martialed. He, he did sign a, a deal. He did uh, do a deal with the, um, uh, with the judge advocate. And so he was able to negotiate his settlement. He got a letter of reprimand, and he is able to uh, keep his benefits as he's now leaving the U.S. Marine Corps. And uh, praise be to God for it. He put in 17 years of his life, blood, sweat, and tears. He earned the title, so he deserves that. But I think I read a report yesterday said the judge even uh, said that there ought to be an investigation of the senior leadership command. So it turns out maybe he was right after all. So uh, Fauci is wrong and Rand Paul is right. And we did uh, fund gain of function. What now? What comes next? Does anybody get held accountable ever? 
at all. No, it doesn't look it. I don't think the DOJ is going to do anything as a result of this information. I mean, it's illegal to to pay for gain of function research. That's illegal. That's why Rand Paul brought it up because he is bre- he's breaking the law by doing this by supporting this. And yet, who gets accountable? No one. It seems like it's never uh, a, a situation like all of the undercover videos that come out on uh, Project Veritas. What happens? Well, the undercover whistleblowers get fired from their jobs. They lose their jobs. And then everybody just moves on. Nothing ever changes. We're going to talk next week with Jack Posobiec on Tuesday, I believe, about the whistleblower from Facebook and about PSYOPs and about how all of this works. So looking forward to that conversation. So at any rate, you can read the article over on National Review about the details of this particular case. But it just bugs me to no end that you could you could bring the truth out. And does it make a diff? I don't know. I don't know that it does. The story that came out of Philadelphia earlier this week that we reported on, in fact, it did a What's Concerning Us on this story about the case of the woman being sexually assaulted on the, on the train ride. Eight-minute-long uh, assault by this gentleman who, was, uh, who had a history of sexual assault, by the way, an immigrant with a history of sexual assault that didn't get deported. Um. And the, the, uh, the people that were on the train there were filming it, according to the authorities, and nobody did anything, and nobody called the police. Eight long minutes, this woman endured the sexual assault. Well, the DA there is saying, quote, not true. The train rape case witness filmed and did nothing to intervene. So she is saying that the, uh, that the narrative that was put out, that I reported on, by the way, is not true. She says there is a narrative out there. Uh, people sat on the L, the L train and watched this transpire and took videos for their own gratification. She says it's not true. She says they have a video, uh, surveillance footage, whatever. But here's the thing about this article, and I read it in like two or three sources this morning to kind of double check to see, you know, sources on the right, sources on the left. I use ground news for that. It's great that way. And all of the sources basically report the same information, that this DA is saying she doesn't agree that she should prosecute any of these witnesses. Okay. But she also doesn't suggest what they did do to help. She only says it's not true that they, that they didn't help. But she doesn't say, hey, they called 911, they jumped on the attacker, they beat him with their purses, they, they kicked him in the shins, they stepped on his big toe. They didn't do, she didn't say any of that. All she says, she, she just disagrees. And so, unless you have some evidence or su- can suggest otherwise, I fall back on my original opinion of the story in that if we witness someone being raped, we have an obligation to do something other than film it with our phones. 911 would have been a great first step, but jumping on the attacker and doing something, anything, would have been a leap forward in the right direction. I have only a couple of minutes left. I want to mention this story out of Lake Charles. The bishop there, Bishop Provost, issues a decree on the implementation of Traditionis Custodis along with his letter. Now, why is this important now that we're a couple of months after Traditionis Custodis? Well, I think his comments here are, are very good. Uh, you might remember Traditionis Custodis basically said to every diocese on planet Earth, you must discern and implement uh, our directives. 
And so every bishop has said, okay, we're going to take some time, we're going to look at this, and we're going to roll out whatever we think is appropriate for our diocese. And we've seen, we've seen dioceses do it well, and we've seen dioceses do it badly. We've seen uh, major suppression, and we've seen uh, dioceses say, nothing to, no, no harm here, and let's just keep moving on. Well, th- why is this important? Because Lake Charles has gone through, I think it's two hurricanes in the last year. And the bishop is the bishop. I'm going to summarize this for you. You can read it for yourself on their website, uh, lcdiocese.org, and uh, it's very good. But he's. I'm going to summarize this. He's saying, "Listen, my people have been through a lot. There's a lot going down. Okay, hurricanes and disaster relief, the the COVID situation, and 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 everything in between." You got an economy going off the rails, inflation through the roof. People are losing their jobs in the oil field due to the current administration's policies on oil and gas. And you want me to suppress the the community that loves the Catholic faith and wants more, not less? Is that that's what that's the priority right now? Like out of all the things to deal with, that's the one. I am summarizing this based on my words, not his. You should read his words; they're not mine. So. And I just love that. He says, with this, I'm going to quote him now. With this in mind, I would be grossly negligent, if not callous, to implement any restrictive law while at the same time ignoring these realities, unquote. So that's the only quote I've made of the bishop. You, could, you should read his comments uh, and take mine with a grain of salt. But that is essentially the heart of his letter, which I think is brilliant. Out of all the things going on, on planet Earth, we prioritize suppressing the traditional form of the mass and the traditional form of piety. This is a priority. How? How is this a priority out of all the things on planet Earth that are going down right now? All the things that families are struggling with, this becomes a priority. That is very concerning to me and to many others at the very least. And apparently to the bishop in Lake Charles, too. Thank you, bishop. Thank you for your leadership. All right, we're going to go to break. We're going to come back. More breaking news and stories. And then Peter Breen is going to be our guest. Don't go anywhere. Captain Drive Time is coming back. First John 2.27 reads, You have no need that anyone should teach you, as his anointing, the Holy Spirit that is, teaches you about everything. Sounds pretty Protestant, doesn't it? No living teaching authority and just me and the Holy Spirit? Was John Protestant? Absolutely not. And here are some reasons why. First, John can't be rejecting a living teaching authority because in 1 John 4, 6, he instructs his readers that the apostles' teaching is the criterion for discerning truth from error. So what does John mean? He's warning his readers against false teachers. In 1 John 2, 19, he writes, Some went out from us, but they were not of us. If false teachers, well, then there must be true teachers. Sure, the Spirit teaches Christians the truth, but He does so through the living teaching authority, not apart from it. I'm Carlo Broussard with the ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. 
Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean, and here are your headline news. Reuters reports Alec Baldwin fires prop gun on movie set, killing cinematographer. Hollywood actor Alec Baldwin fatally shot a cinematographer and wounded a director when he discharged a prop gun on a movie set in New Mexico on Thursday, according to authorities. Baldwin shot Helena Hutchins, the photographer-director of Rust, and Joel Souza, the film's director, at the Bonanza Creek Ranch, a production location south of Santa Fe, according to the Santa Fe Sheriff's Department. Hutchins was transported by helicopter to the University of New Mexico Hospital, where she was pronounced dead. Souza was taken by ambulance to Christus St. Vincent Regional Medical Center to undergo treatment for his injuries. The sheriff's office said that no charges have been filed and they are investigating the shooting and interviewing witnesses. Baldwin was seen distraught and in tears as he spoke on the phone outside the sheriff's office. Baldwin, who was 63, is co-producer of the film Rust, a Western movie set in the 1880s Kansas and plays the epimonious character who is an outlaw grandfather of a 13-year-old boy convicted of an accidental killing. The Daily Wire reports FBI confirms Brian Laundrie's remains were found in the Florida Reserve. The FBI confirmed late Thursday that the remains found Wednesday in a Florida nature preserve belonged to Brian Laundrie's and her fiance, his fiancée, Gabby Petito, whose own remains were found last month in the Grand Teton National Park. The agency confirmed Laundrie's identity in a Twitter post, reportedly after informing the Laundrie family that a comparison of dental records yielded a match. The Blaze reports China reportedly tested hypersonic nuclear-capable missiles not once, but twice. There was an eye-opening report released this week that in August, China launched a nuclear-capable hypersonic missile into space that circled the Earth before cruising down within 24 miles of its target. The report from the Financial Times claimed the U.S. intelligence personnel were caught by surprise by the weaponry. China reportedly launched two secret hypersonic glide vehicles onboard a Long March rocket, which is operated by the the China National Space Administration on July the 27th and again on August the 13th. The rocket ferried the HGVs into low Earth orbit, where the weapons stayed in orbit until they got close to their targets. On Wednesday, President Joe Biden said he is concerned about Chinese hypersonic missiles, whereas White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki said that uh, she welcomes stiff competition, unquote, when asked about China's hypersonic missile capabilities. I don't think that's the kind of competition we want. Anyway, the, the National Catholic Register is reporting Catholic leader says his archdiocese won't take part in global synodal process, citing ideological risk. A Catholic leader has said that his archdiocese won't take part in the two-year global synodal process, saying that it would run the risk of becoming ideological. Archbishop Wolfgang Haas Vaduz of Liechtenstein announced his decision on October the 15th. Quote, I am of the opinion that in our small archdiocese, it is possible for good reason to refrain from carrying out such a complex and sometimes even complicated procedure, which in our parts runs the risk of becoming ideological, unquote, the 73-year-old archbishop wrote. The Archbishop is based in the capital of Liechtenstein, a German-speaking microstate located in the Alps between Austria and Switzerland. The wealthy tax haven, which is smaller than Washington, D.C., has a population of 38,000 people, around 73% of whom are Catholic. 
He did say that if anybody in his diocese would like to express their opinion, they're welcome to do so with his chancellor in the chancery. And those are your headlines for today. Praise be to God in all things. There's a story out of Breitbart. Um, I referenced it a little bit ago. It says, Biden, police emergency responders should be fired if they, if they won't get vaccinated. We are seeing a day and a time when um, people are losing their jobs in huge numbers. We saw just was it last week, week before, how we had airline pilots uh, calling in sick because they were facing termination. And they had all this sick time and, and vacation time, and they didn't want to lose any of it. So they started calling in sick in droves. The airline blamed it on the weather and the air traffic controllers. It turns out, it turns out that uh, that wasn't the case. In fact, in fact, it uh, turns out that many of those pilots were showing up on Twitter, or TikTok, and other places to say that they. They didn't want to be fired for, uh, for not getting the vaccine. They didn't want to lose their jobs. Yesterday, I saw a report from a, uh, a reporter with the ESPN who'd been there for so long, and she was lamenting the fact that she was losing her job. ESPN, Disney was, were letting her go because she refused to get the vaccine. She applied for uh, an exemption and wasn't offered it. The military, many uh, service men and women have been putting their videos online, TikTok and Twitter and other places to say they are about to lose uh, their jobs and be separated from the U.S. military because they don't want to get the vaccine. They've asked for exemptions and haven't been given them. Um, President Joe Biden in this town hall said that he believes that police officers, firefighters who don't get the vaccine ought to lose their jobs. And we're seeing the police departments being gutted in, in up the uh, Pacific Northwest, Chicago, for instance, and other places. Uh, it's become a big issue. So we have invited Peter Breen on, who is a vice president of the St. Thomas More Society and a senior counsel to conversate with us about this. I think he joins us now by Zoom chat. Uh, Peter, uh, well, good morning to you. I think I see your, your, your chat is muted. If you could unmute yourself, good morning to you, and thank you for being a part of our program. Peter Breen, are you there? Well, I'm sure he'll join us here in a moment. Let me just read a little bit while he's doing that uh, of this article out of Breitbart. It says, during a town hall on on. CNN Thursday, President Joe Biden said police officers and emergency responders should be let go if they refuse their employers' mandates to get vaccinated against COVID. Uh, Anchor Anderson Cooper said, Mr. President, let me ask you a follow-up about that. As many as one in three emergency responders in some cities like Chicago, Los Angeles, right here in Baltimore, are refusing to comply with city vaccine mandates. I'm wondering where you stand on that. Uh, President Biden said, yes and yes, by the way, by the way, I waited until July to talk about man- mandating because I tried everything else possible. The mandates are working. All this stuff about people leaving and people getting getting it. You have everyone from United Airlines to Spirit, all these airlines, all 96, 97 percent of the people have gotten the vaccine. All the talk about all these folks. I'm quoting here, by the way. All these folks are going on, going to leave the military if they're if they're mandated. Not true. You got about 90-some percent vaccination rate, unquote. Well, that may be true, Mr. President, but uh, that was after a lot of people were fired. So it does change the numbers significantly. Uh, Peter Breen, good morning to you. Thank you for being on with us. Hey, 
Thanks for having me, Joe. Praise be to God. So uh, I, I just set up a lot of these mandates are leading to thousands of people losing their jobs, and they don't want to. It's not because they want to be rebellious or they don't want to be uh, a thorn in the side to their employers. They love their jobs. They would like to keep their jobs, but they want an exemption, and they're not being given to, given the exemption. What is the status of exemptions in our country? Well, and, and to start with the good news, uh, we are seeing most religious objections respected, accommodated uh, in the educational setting and in the employing employment setting, because those are the two main places we're running into this. You know, we're getting thousands of requests at Thomas More Society. We can't handle them all. Wow. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it, people, I, I will say this, you know, we've set up a website. Other other public interest firms have as well, but you have got to go to our website, thomasmoresociety.org, and get the, the sample forms uh, make sure that you are putting in a really good, solid exemption request when the, when the time comes. Uh, because, again, most of them are getting granted, but we do have some very bad actors in certain parts of the country, often government actors. But we've, you know, I've, I've got plenty of stories of, of you know, private employers, too, that uh, they, they might even say, oh, well, we accept the sincerity of your religious objection. We just can't put you next to another human being because <laughs> you, you've, you've got the, you know, the, I guess that you know the mark of you know not not being vaccinated, which I, I mean, look, look at United Airlines. Something like ninety eight, ninety nine percent of their workforce uh, t- decided to take the vaccine. The other one to two percent is not going to kill anybody. And the whole point is, I mean, th- th- we have laws that allow for religious ob- objections and exemptions. You just respect them. And again, most employers are getting it done. It's just we do have some high profile employers that are not, uh, and 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 we're having to fight those as much as we can. Do you find it at all concerning or, I don't even know what to say, interesting that we have uh, the Constitution, we have laws, we have, we have principles in our country that, that say that we have the right to have these exemptions. We, there's a reason we would have the right to have these exemptions, and yet we're living in a circumstance where so many in powerful positions are saying, well, that no longer applies. Like somehow, some way, you know, it, it was true yesterday at two o'clock, but this morning at eight a.m., it's done. It doesn't matter anymore. Like, do, I find that bizarre. Do you? Well, well, and think about it this way: these folks have been working or going to school all the way through COVID, so that's nineteen months. They have not been vaccinated during that time. Uh, if their employer or educational institution had asked for a, an exemption form, or some had previously, they filled them out. They were granted their exemptions, and now all of a sudden everything's changed because of uh, Joe Biden and you know certain public health authorities going, no, 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 now everyone's got to be vaccinated. Uh, you know, we've got folks in the medical industry that, are, that have reached out to us. You know, these, these folks in the medical field, they've been working with COVID for, the, for this last year and a half. Their protocols are so tight that there's a reason you haven't heard about outbreaks coming from hospitals or healthcare facilities. It's because they figured out how not to spread it. And they did so back in April of 2020. Uh, So the idea that then having a few people, this handful of folks unvaccinated, makes no sense. Hold that thought, hold that thought. Uh, The Vice President, Senior Counsel at the Thomas More Society, thomasmoresociety.org, is on with us. But we're going to go to a break. We're going to come back, continue our conversation about these exemptions and the status and what can be done. Uh, Because I know many of you are reaching out to us to let us know this is a problem. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. Tell a friend. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. 
How many times have you heard it said that the church has been weak and ineffective? Well, G.K. Chesterton says the church has been so powerful and effective that it colored even the things it had not hoped to influence and changed its enemies as well as its friends. It affects everything it touches. It inspires a life-changing love from its friends and a self-destructive hatred from its enemies. Its enemies will do everything to destroy it, and they end up destroying everything, except the church. The Catholic Church, says Chesterton, has endured for 2,000 years, and the world within the church has been more lucid, more level-headed, more reasonable in its hopes, more healthy in its instincts, more humorous and cheerful in the face of fate and death than all the world outside. Want more than a minute? Chesterton.org Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired, I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Peter Breen is our guest, Vice President and Senior Counsel at the St. Thomas More Society. The website is thomasmoresociety.org. Welcome back to our show, and good morning to you, Peter Breen. Did you say a minute ago, uh, before the break, that people can go to your site and actually get some suggestions on how to apply for an exemption with their employer? Absolutely. And it, I mean, really, we, we normally, we, we pride ourselves on being very hands-on with folks and all of that. But there was a point where we just don't have the staff to actually even just handle the intakes. And yeah. what we were finding is because most employers were granting these exemptions, it was really a matter of get it drafted correctly, express your uh, thoughts uh, in a way that really comports with uh, your religious beliefs in their well, let me say this. Most folks, when they're filling out these religious exemption forms in the past, have just had to say some very basic things and what have you. Well, now you've got lawyers looking over these forms and picking through them. So we wanted to make sure that you're equipped with the best legal language mm. uh, to, to really express in, a, in maybe a, a winsome and, and you know, thoughtful way uh, you know, your, your deep religious beliefs in regards to vaccines. Now, um, we've had this conversation before. We actually had another attorney on from the Thomas More Society, and uh, we talked about the religious exemption. But I think it's worthy of coming back and talking about it again. Now, I'm a Catholic. The Pope has said we should all be vaccinated, let alone bishops, you know, priests, et cetera, et cetera. Does that mean I can't apply for a religious exemption? No, and and one of the problems, you know, we we live in a world where you know it's 140 characters or it's a headline <laughs> or what have you. So you know, the Catholic faith was not designed in that environment, and is uh, you know we're we're you know we're crashing into uh, you know into this uh, strange modern world that we live in uh, to some extent. And, and and Catholics can decide to get the vaccine or to not get the vaccine in accord with their well formed conscience. And and the problem is, so. You know, I mean, look, you know, the Pope has made the statements. The Pope is in his 80s. And so he speaks uh, certainly from his own experience. I mean, he's speaking for, you know, to the universal church and and to the world. 
Um, I think what, you know, I mean, I don't want to put, put words in his mouth or thoughts in his mind, but, you know, the idea I, I would imagine he would say is he's trying to overcome vaccine hesitancy based on presumably its effectiveness or things like that. And, and th- there's nothing wrong with him doing that. The problem is uh, what get lo- gets lost in a lot of these messages is the use of aborted human fetal cell lines in the testing or otherwise in the production of these vaccines, the ones that are currently available in the United States, is an immoral act, period, end of sentence. Amen. For those who did the testing, immoral act. The problem we've got is we who are going to the you know, Walgreens to get a shot are well downstream of that. So we have to inform our consciences and go, is, is it proportional to take this vaccine despite some of the immoral origins mm. of the vaccine. So, and, and it's, I, I look, Catholics of good faith can come down on both sides. I, I have to say that. Um, and, you know, obviously the folks that come to us, they've come down to the side of, hey, I'm not taking it. Uh, so, you know, and that's, that's kind of our job then to, to push forward. And I, by the way, we, had a, we have a Buddhist client who doesn't take vaccines at all, and he got rejected. Uh, other evangelical Christians uh, who, who are very convicted that, you know, and they're, you know, they're the, you know, they don't necessarily maybe have the same theological uh, uh, building blocks, say, that the, that the Catholics have, but they have their own, uh, you know, their own theology on the issue. Uh, so, yeah, we're just we're trying to help everybody who's got a sincere religious objection to the vaccination. And so that's a that's a good point. The sincere religious ex- uh, objection to taking the taking the vaccine, because I've heard from a number of people who have attempted to get religious exemptions and they were told they had to get a letter from their pastor or from some kind of religious leader. Um, so, I mean, it's, you said, and uh, our, the, when we interviewed Christopher Ferrara on the same issue, he said, no, absolutely not. You do not need one. You can, uh, all you have to have is a sincerely held religious belief. And, but the problem is, practically speaking, employers are making them do that. So what, what's, the, what's, the, what's the means? What, how, do, what do you, how do you respond to that? Sure. The employer's got a right to do a little bit of an interactive process. Now, they're not supposed to probe deep. You know, they're not supposed to go and run a run a full bore inquisition on you, hmm. uh, which some employers are doing. You know, we, we've had this situation at the University of Colorado uh, where they sat there and said, well, five years ago, your client did such and such, which is not in accord with his, you know, maybe he took a vaccine five years ago before he'd really made the commitment. They said, well, that makes him insincere. And they're like, no, no, it doesn't. Uh, you know, it just may, means at one time long ago, he acted against his, his uh, sincere beliefs. I mean, it's, you know, in, in the Catholic tradition, we might call that a sin. You know, we do not, we do not say you are not Catholic because you have committed a sin in accord, you know, with, with the teachings of the church. Uh, so the, the, the issue is though, you really do as an employee, you really want to go back and forth and presume good faith on the part of your employer. They may, you know, they've probably been given these questions by kind of a drive-by employment lawyer, you know, consultation or, you know, somebody in their shop grabbed a, a set of questions off the shelf, off the internet, and they're th- shooting them at you. So come back to them in a nice, respectful way. Because I, I mean, I've seen some folks that request religious exemptions going, I hate this. This is a tool of Satan and uh, it's got the mark of the beast in it. I'm going to get microchipped. And, and I'm like, <laughs> it works you know, every time, Peter. I don't know what you're talking about. It works every time. Right. I mean, th- <laughs> I mean, this, this is the thing. So you can, you can draft and put in a really nicely crafted, respectful, you know, even keeled uh, exemption request, no matter how you feel. You know, you, you could be furious about the whole thing, which mm-hmm. a lot of us are. Uh, you know, whether you took the vaccine or not, folks are furious about these mandates. Uh, and, 
So put in a great request and work with that interactive process. And, and in some parts of the country, you can get a pastor's letter. Bishops of Colorado put out a, a, a form, you know, a, a letter form for their pastors to sign. Yeah, Bishop, um, Athan- I know, Bishop Athanasius yeah. Snyder suggested he'll sign a letter for anyone on planet Earth who wants well, one. Well, hey, you know, if you, if you can get him to do it. I, I know in, uh, you know, I, I mean, I'm, I'm here in Illinois. I know in some, some pastors will do it, some pastors won't. It's just that is right that it's not that should not you know that doesn't condition or color mm-hmm. your the, the the validity of your exemption. But I would say if you can get a pastor's signature, go for it. Now um, you know, that'll only help strengthen your case. What about the companies like United and and other the United States military that said you can have all the exemptions you want, you still can't have a job? Uh, what what do people do in those circumstances? They love their job. They won't. They they don't want to leave their employer. They they want to keep their job, but they're they're stuck in this uh, no win situation. What does it look like for them? Do they have any recourse at this point? I, I got to tell you. So so you, and let me let me reframe the question. You're asking me the question of what do I do when when a dear friend of mine sends me a text message saying my employer saw the nice, you know, the nice pretty exemption request you helped me write and we did all this and they said you're perfectly sincere, we just can't let you next to another human being. Uh, you right. know, and and you're fired. Yeah. The, the we have a, the, the problem we've got in most circumstances the employment law really only kicks in with any effect after you're fired, after they take some sort of negative action against you and your employer side. And so you know, then those cases then get moved into what is, you know, the standard employment law framework for someone who's been fired unjustly. Uh, that's And, and the, unfortunately, that is a process that is the normal litigation process, which means it will take years. Oh, wow. You may eventually get a cash award, but it will take years. You'll have, you know, we'll have to find a lawyer. Right now at Thomas More, I mean, we're, we're trying to triage everybody, trying to keep the jobs as best we can. Uh, and so that we don't have to get into that situation. Once we get past this triage state, we're going to be putting together teams of lawyers across the country. And, and look, I mean, we're, employment law was not our standard thing. We do have some folks with some experience, but that's not, that's not your standard constitutional law, uh, you know, that a public interest law firm does. Cause it's, <laughs> Welcome to I the mean, new normal, Peter. Yeah. <laughs> it is. I mean, look, yeah, we, we've, we've, everything COVID has changed us. So we're going to try to get lawyers for everybody that needs them. But there, you know, once you've been fired, I, and I, I hate to say this, once you've been fired, you've got to treat it like you've been fired. Mm. You got to go get another job. You got to keep a log of jobs. You got to apply for unemployment insurance. I mean, it, it's horrible. I mean, folks are used to being, uh, to losing their jobs over big downsizing, you know, like we had years ago, or because you're incompetent, you know, you didn't quite do your job right. You can't do it. Folks are used to that. They're not used to everything's going well at my employer. I'm doing a good job and get a great performance reviews. And oh, by the way, uh, because of my sincere religious belief, I've been fired. I mean, no one's folks aren't used to that in the United States, and it's it's shocking. Um, now, yeah. I would say special cases, military, U.S. government, state governments. We do have other tools, and we have to use those tools because the military. Some folks are being talked. I mean, they're talking about putting them in the brig. They're talking about dishonorably discharging them. We're fighting very hard uh, in a number of cases uh, to to get that to you know to help people through that process. Unfortunately, in the military, it appears to be a commander by commander decision, and so some folks are they're getting they're they're doing fine. Others are really getting the screws put to them. I mean, oh, again, wow. you get these threats of threats of imprisonment, you know, as if it's a, you know it's court martial uh, to to not uh, you know, follow your religious uh, religious convictions. Um, 
I mean, or to follow your religious convictions. That's crazy. That's just, and so we're working on that. You know, that, you know, we've sued the University of Colorado. Uh, that was one of the worst actors in the country. Uh, they were, you know, saying, well, certain religious beliefs will allow others. No, that's not good enough. Uh, and again, in Colorado now, in our litigation, we have a Catholic doctor who has a master's degree in Catholic bioethics. And she's being told by the University of Colorado that her Catholic belief is not sincere. <laughs> yeah. Master's degree in bioethics. And oh, by the way, the Catholic bishops of Colorado, and, and they're yeah. somewhat unique. And only a few states have done this. They came out and speci- I mean, said, preached, promulgated that you can take a religious exemption and you're entitled to one as a Catholic. So, but, but you know, the University of Colorado uh, believes that it knows Catholic theology better. Wow, that's got to speak volumes about what's going on behind the scenes in this and this uh, response to the pandemic. You know, it just boggles the mind. I always feel like it's a disproportionate uh, response to the problem at hand, but uh, we're out of time. Peter Breen, Vice President, Senior Counsel at Thomas More Society. Thomas, uh, it's thomasmoresociety.org. thomasmoresociety.org. Thank you, Peter, for your time today. We're very grateful to you. God love you. God bless you. And have a great day. Great to be with you. All right, so if you know folks that are in this circumstance and they need some help, tell them to check out Thomas More Society's website. Get that uh, recommended uh, information on how to draft that exemption request. That could be a very good starting place right there. Again, thomasmoresociety.org is the website. But that's going to do it for hour number one. If you can join us in hour number two, we would love to have you, of course. It gets uh, upbeat and inspirational from here. Praise be to God. We're going to have a good news story. We're going to have our game show, and today is the day we give out prizes. You could win. It could be possible. You have to be our caller at the correct time, but it's possible. So uh, stick around for that. If you want to hang out with us on our website, you can do that too. grnonline.com forward slash CDT. We're live streaming right there. Until uh, Monday, God love you. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. My Protestant friends say the Catholic Church has added a lot of man-made traditions to the Word of God. Is that true? No, it's not true. Protestants go by the written Word of God alone or sacred scripture alone. Catholics go by the entire Word of God as it is found in sacred scripture and sacred tradition. All of the Word of God was originally passed down as oral tradition. Eventually, some of it was written down. This became sacred scripture or written tradition. However, scripture itself tells us that not all the things that Jesus said and did were written down. That's where sacred tradition comes in. Paul says this about tradition. 2 Thessalonians 2.15 So then, brethren, stand firm and hold to the traditions which you were taught by us, either by word of mouth or by letter. Traditions taught by word of mouth and traditions taught by letter. Sacred scripture and sacred tradition. In 1 Corinthians 11.2, Paul commends them for maintaining the traditions as he has delivered them. Sacred scripture and sacred tradition. 2 Timothy 2 verse 2. And what you have heard from me before many witnesses entrust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. This is an instance in scripture of Paul commanding the passing on of oral tradition. 
1 Thessalonians 2, verse 13. And we also thank God constantly for this, that when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it not as the word of men, but as what it really is, the word of God. They received as the word of God that which they heard, not simply that which they read in Scripture. In other words, the Bible clearly supports the Catholic Church's teaching that the Word of God is contained in both sacred Scripture and sacred tradition. A beacon of truth in a troubled world. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. Welcome to your Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God, we ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information from the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious, it's fun, it's your Catholic Drive Time. Now here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you today. Praise be to God. Good morning. You have survived it. Congratulations. You made it through the entire week. It is Friday. It's going to be a great day. Just imagine what you get to do today before you go into your weekend. And your weekend, I'm sure, is going to be wonderful. Praise be to God. Just think about the honeydew list alone that you get to work on, finally. You know, I always remind my wife there's a long list of things she wants me to work on. And I always say, honey, there is no need to remind me every six months of the things you want me to do. Okay? I'll get to them. Just trust me on that. At any rate, we're going to have a fun show this hour. Praise be to God. We're going to have a good news segment coming up. There is some good news I, I get to share. I always share the sort of the, the meteor headlines uh, in the last hour, the first hour. We have two segments of, of the hard-hitting news. And then in this hour, I try to be a little bit more upbeat, more inspirational. So we have a, a piece of good news to share with you. Saint of the day, gospel of the day, and then, of course, a little reflection and we jump into our game show, and today's the day we give out prizes. We actually pull a name out of the coffee cup of divine providence, and we announce it live on the radio. And uh, you might have an opportunity to get in on that before we do. All you got to do is be our caller at 15 past the hour. So I'll give you the phone number at the appropriate time. But you can hedge your bet if you go over to our website, grnonline.com forward slash cdt. You'll be able to click the link for the game show, Fear and Trembling, and you can find the rules. You can also find links to our sponsors, and you can also find the phone number, and you could call in. So that's all on the table today, and hopefully you'll get your chance. But uh, good morning to you, Janice. Good morning, Joe. Praise be to God. It's good to see you. Friday is here. Yes. Your weekend. Do you have a big thing going on this weekend? Uh, I have a friend visiting town, so... uh uh, we're going to grab some lunch together, and so I'm looking forward to catching up with an old friend. Uh, barbecue? Are you, are you doing uh, barbecue? No, no, no. Just like uh, a restaurant and okay, just one-on-one. Because okay. on one I was going like, to say, I'm going to Adrian's barbecue this weekend. So, Oh, I didn't, uh, know, I didn't know Adrian had me. I didn't know either <laughs> until he admitted it publicly last hour, and then I'm like, well, clearly I'm invited, right? I mean, 
So I, I was oh, nice. like, if you were going to do barbecue, then I would have to choose <laughs> whose barbecue is I'm going go to go to. I'm going to a wedding yeah. tomorrow, so I'm looking forward to that. I don't mind. That. I'll go to that, too. Yeah. yeah. So I, I always look forward to the food <laughs> and the cake. That's my favorite thing <laughs> about <laughs> from, <the> weddings. <laughs> from your lips to God's ears. Speaking of which, food and cake, Adrian Fonseca is here on the ones and twos. Good morning to you, Adrian. Good morning. Good morning. It's good to be here. Is it now? It is. In spite of it all? Uh, well, yeah. No, in spite of it all. In spite of it all. <laughs> Not this spite of it all, but I, you know, I love it. It's we're all. It's good day to be alive. Good day to be alive. It Praise is. be to God. Uh, it's also a good day to be alive tomorrow. Whenever I'm going to get barbecue, which you, I, I'm not. I can't tell you where it's going to be or what time. Uh, you got to text in the letter. information. It's or? in the letter that, that I just mailed out. You mailed um, me a letter. When did the mail? Oh, letter Jesus go wants to know if he's invited. Of course, Jesus. I'll text you the the date <laughs> and the time later. Uh, Wait, but no, what, no, no. Oh, what, why oh, is Joe, he getting a text? You're, no, no, you because you're special, Joe. You're special. I'm special. So you're getting a letter that's being sent out tomorrow. What? <laughs> I'm confused. Mm-hmm. Uh, hey, Suze, you just text me the information. I'll show up. Right. Well, mm-hmm. we'll carpool mm-hmm. you and I. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Whatever. Praise be to God. Nonetheless, it, it, in spite of it all, it is still good to be here. We're going to have a fun show this hour. Lots to jump into today. So, like I said, we have a, a, a fun show to uh, share with you, a good news story coming up here in a month. But I wanted to say, because of the conversation we had last hour with Peter Breen on religious exemptions... Which, I mean, he said his requests were going through the roof. They couldn't keep up with the demand. Unfortunately, they can't help all the people who want help in that regard. We are probably going to have to delist this live show from our our YouTube channel today. So if you would like to watch this again, um, go to our Odyssey channel or go to our Rumble channel. Are we going to post it to Rumble? We're going to post it to Rumble and Odyssey will post it probably to MeWe and and a few other places. All of those links can be found, by the way, on our website at grnonline.com forward slash cdt. So if you know someone who's in a situation where they are hoping to obtain a religious exemption so they don't lose their job, well, that interview was very informative, and we'll uh, be posting it at some point to why, our social feeds. Why don't we wait till we just get a hit, Joe? Maybe just be, and be courageous and be deleted no, immediately. Immediately, because yeah. we already Not, we're at two, bad idea. We're at two strikes on both channels at this point, which is why I created a third channel, by the way. So you can search for Joe McLean on YouTube, and I'm posting some new content there as well to diversify. At any rate, we have to pray and get started in our hour. Let's do that in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known. That anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O mother of the word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. And now, some good news from the Catholic News Agency. Nun released nearly five years after kidnapping in Mali. Thanks be to God. Sister Gloria Cecilia Navarez Aragotti, a missionary who was abducted in Mali in February 2017 and held for nearly five years, posted Sunday on Twitter thanking God and all those who made possible her liberation. In her October the 17th message, Sister Gloria said, quote, I want to lift up my thanksgiving to God on this day because I have felt him close to me during, his, during this captivity, unquote. She goes on to say, My thanks to His Holiness Pope Francis, to the Italian government, to the Italian intelligence agency, to the uh, Malayan authorities, to Cardinal Zerbo, the nun said. She, after she was released, Jean Cardinal Zerbo of Bamako 
told AFP, quote, we prayed a lot for her release. I thank the Malayan authorities and the people of goodwill, which made this release possible. Armed men kidnapped Sister Cecilia, a member of the Franciscan Sisters of Mary Immaculate, at a Colombia native, a, a Colombia native, about 90 miles south of San on February the 7th, 2017. The men forced Sister Cecilia to hand over the keys to the community's ambulance. The vehicle was later found abandoned. Three other sisters were present at the house, but did escape, praise be to God. According to the Associated Press, a judge of the country charged four individuals in relation to the kidnapping in April of 2017. Sister Cecilia had served in Mali for 12 years before her abduction. Her community administers a large health center in the country, as well as a home where they care for some 30 orphans between one and two years of age. The religious sisters also teach literacy to some 700 Muslim women. They're working on a barn project for times of food shortages as, may, as many mothers in the region die from malnutrition. In July, Sister Cecilia identified the group then holding her as a Muslim militant Islamist group in West Africa. She was released on October the 9th. And praise be to God, she is free. And that is your good news for today. The saint of the day today is uh, a particularly great saint because there's a certain uh, emperor that's involved. That's kind of a, has a great name. You'll, you'll see. The saint of the day is Saint Mark, uh, Bishop of Jerusalem and confessor and martyr. He was born in the first, uh, sometime between the first and second centuries. And he was the, uh, so the apostles, St. James and his brother, St. Simon, were the two first bishops of Jerusalem. There were 13 bishops who seceded them and were of the, they were all of the Jewish nation, meaning they were Jews. The last one was called Judas. No, not Iscariot. And he seems to have been crowned with the martyrdom among the Christians whom Barcobas massacred in 134. The Jews, having received this Barcobas as their king and messiahs and broken into a, a second rebellion, the emperor Adrian destroyed all the buildings that had been erected at Jerusalem since Titus and raised a new city near it, which he commanded to be called Alia Capitolina, which ever since the reign of Constantine the Great had been honored with the old name of Jerusalem. The Jews being forbidden by Adrian to come near the place only Gentile Christians could dwell there, and Mark was the first bishop chosen from among the Gentiles to govern that church. He was a very learned and holy man, and after he had sat for 20 years in that seat, it is said that he, has, he died a martyr in 156. St. Mark, Bishop of Jerusalem, pray for us. Emperor Adrian. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from Luke chapter 12. Verses 54 through 59. Jesus said to the crowds, When you see a cloud rising in the west, you say immediately that it is going to rain, and so it does. And when you notice that the wind is blowing from the south, you say that it is going to be hot, and so it is. You hypocrites, you know how to interpret the appearance of the earth and the sky. Why do you not know how to interpret the present time? Why do you not judge for yourself what is right? If you are to go with your opponent before a magistrate, make an effort to settle the matter on the way. Otherwise, your opponent will turn you over to the judge, and the judge hands you over to the constable, and the constable throw you into prison. I say to you, you will not be released 
until you have paid the last penny. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. St. Ambrose said of this passage, Our adversary is the devil who lays his baits for sin, that he may have those his partners in punishment who were his accomplices in crime. Our adversary is also every vicious practice. Lastly, our adversary is an evil conscience, which affects us both in this world and will accuse and betray us in the next. Let us then give heed while we are in this life's course that we may be delivered from every bad act as from an evil enemy. Nay, while we are going with our adversary to the magistrate as we are in the way, we should condemn our fault. But who is the magistrate? But he in whose hands is all power. But the magistrate delivers the guilty to the judge, that is, to him, to whom he gives the power over the quick and the dead, namely, Jesus Christ, through whom the secrets are made manifest and the punishment of wicked works awarded. St. Ambrose, pray for us. Make a good confession. That's what I heard, and you better do it fast. Adrian, what did you find? Yes, a few things. Uh, one thing to point out, let's just start with the quote from St. Thomas Quote's origin here. He says, but had it not been implanted in our nature to judge what is right, our Lord would never have said this. What is he referring to? He's referring to right here when it says, yes, and why even of yourselves judge you not what is right? Now, this is important because what is being said here is that origin and St. Thomas, thus by quoting origin, is affirming the fact that in our very nature as man, we judge. And what does he mean by judge? He means in discern. Like he figures something out. He tries to figure things out because there are mysteries that are around us. And namely in this example, looking at the clouds. And uh, Joe did a really good job in the last hour of talking about how exactly people in, the, in that time period were using the clouds to predict the weather. And so this, this ability to predict the weather has been around forever and probably more accurate than we are today, to be honest. Uh, but here we go. We see this, and we're saying this is the nature of man. Man seeks to understand the world around him and put it in the context which makes sense. And why is this important? Because Our Lady is the perfect example of this. Because Our Lady, when she was in the temple, when she was as a consecrated virgin, she lived in the temple, she studied Holy Writ. And through study of Holy Writ, she knew that the time uh, for the coming of Christ was upon her. And she prayed to God, according to Venerable Mary of Agreda, she prayed that God would let her serve this woman who would let, who would be bearing the child of the, of the, that would be the Messiah. And that's amazing because she didn't realize that she would be that woman because of her radical humility. But she knew that the time was for this to happen. And the men who studied the Holy Writ, all these Pharisees and Sadducees and all the uh, high priests, they knew Holy Writ. They knew the signs of the time. They knew the coming was coming, that the Lord was here. And what did they do? They rejected him. Look at our times today and look at the Holy Writ and see what the saints have said before us. Are the signs of the times coming now? I know our time is coming soon. Our time is limited. We only have a few more years. And when our time is over, well, hopefully we have prepared ourselves like Our Lady did to serve him and to be happy with him forever. 
Yea and amen. Praise be to God. And that is going to do it for our reflection today. I want to thank verboom.com forward slash GRN for giving us the tools to dive deep fast with the great commentaries uh, on the gospel passage today. Verboom.com. That's with a V. Verboom.com forward slash GRN. Thank you for sponsoring our our uh, reflection today. All right, it's time to play the game. It's time to also give out prizes today, but your last three chances to get in on the prize is right now. Phone lines are open, and the phone li- phone number is 877-757-9424. 877-757-9424. Call right now to be our contestant. First caller gets to be the contestant at 877-757-9424. 877-757-9424. We'll be right back. We all know children have a natural innocence and a sense of wonder. Yet our world is full of distractions that can pull families in the wrong direction. But with the help of God and a church family, your children can grow in the security of faith, hope, and love. Weekly Mass provides that critical faith foundation needed in life. So if your family hasn't been to Mass in a while, we'd like to invite you home. Discover more at catholicscomehome.org. Protestants like to use James 2, 10 through 11 against the Catholic doctrine of mortal and venial sin because James says, whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become guilty of all of it. But James can't be denying the doctrine of mortal and venial sin because in 1.15 he affirms it, saying that sin in its beginning stages doesn't bring death, venial sin whereas it does in its more mature stages, mortal sin. The point James is making in James 2:10 through 11 is that we must keep all the commandments in order to avoid incurring the guilt of transgressing the law. We can't say to the Lord on Judgment Day, Lord, I only broke one commandment but kept the other nine. So James 2:10 through 11 is simply a misfire in trying to take down the Catholic belief of mortal and venial sin. I'm Carlo Broussard with the ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. For 2,000 years, we've helped the poor and comforted the sick. We've educated generations of children, developed the scientific method and college system. We support marriage and human life. Guided by the Holy Spirit, we compiled the Bible. We are the Catholic Church. With over one billion in our family, sharing in the fullness of Christian faith in the church started by Jesus. If you've been away, visit catholicscomehome.org today. Welcome home. Welcome to another round of fear and trembling. (laughs) The Catholic trivia game show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. And now your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time and Fear and Trembling. The Catholic Trivia Game Show where we have a secret and hidden agenda. Now, we did have a call on, but it, it dropped, so the phone lines are wide open right now at 877-757-9424. If you had a trouble getting through, call back right now. They are open and available at 877-757-9424. Phone lines are awaiting your call at 877-757-9424. But here is the deal. Uh, there are a few secret and hidden agenda items that I have. I just don't like to tell anybody this, okay? 
I like to keep it very uh, secret and to myself. But if you promise not to tell anybody, then I'll share it with you. Number one, we like to teach the faith. So we look for teachable moments in the questions. Praise be to God. You might learn something. Isn't that a good thing? And then, of course, we like to have fun, and our colors really tend to be a lot of fun. They're, they're great to hang out with. They're good sports. They laugh with us. We enjoy that. And then, of course, we like to give out prizes, and that kind of makes it a winner for everybody involved. But the deal is you don't have to know the answers to our questions to still win our game. You might not know a single correct answer and still win. It's that much fun, praise be to God. And the reason is because I don't ask the caller. Instead, I'll ask Janice, I'll ask Adrian. One of them will be right. The other will be wrong. That leaves the caller with 15 seconds on the clock to make a decision. Whom do they trust more? Janice or Adrian? And then every right answer goes into the coffee cup of divine providence to win this week's prize. Praise be to God. And uh, we are very grateful to our sponsor this week, Ardent Draws, a watercolor artist who generously donated to us an 8 by 10 uh, watercolor painting of St. Saint John Paul II. So we're very grateful to them. Praise be to God. Ardent Draws by Rosalie. Uh, you can find them at ardentbyrosalie.com on their website, ardentbyrosalie.com. Or you can find them on Instagram as well, ardent.draws. That's ardent.draws on Instagram. So thank you very much for that. Praise be to God. All right, time to go to the phones. Now, we did end up getting several calls. By the grace of God, thank you all for calling in. Uh, if you don't make it on today, call back on Monday. You'll have a new chance, a new opportunity, and a new prize. But let's go to uh, to Vicky. Good morning to you. Uh, thanks for being a part of our program. Um, thank you, Joe. Good morning. Good morning, Vicky. Where are you calling from? The Dallas area. The Dallas area. One of you know Dallas and San Antonio. You guys should have like an arm wrestling competition, or maybe like a uh, rock paper scissors thing, or something, or thumb wrestling. Because I don't know who calls more, Dallas or San Antonio, but it's a stiff competition nonetheless. Uh, where, where do you go to church up there, Vicky? Uh, St. Luke's in Irving. Wonderful. Well, praise be to God. And I, I assume you are you are well aware of the trickiness of this particular game show. That's right. Yes. And and who would you say is the trickiest of all on the team? I don't know. Lately, I think they they are becoming equal. <laughs> Equally tricky. Are you saying they're conspiring together against you? Hmm. No, no it's Joe. Mm. Making it fun. All right, all right. Joe is uh, the tricky one. No, I'm on your side. I am your advocate, Vicky. I my job is to get you into that cup and see if we can't win some prizes uh, today, possibly if it be God's will. Anyway, are you ready to play? I am. Let's do this, Janice. We'll start with you, as is our custom. Janice, are you ready? Yes, sir. Are you sure? Yes. Are mm -hmm. you sure? Yep, I'm confident. Janice, can you tell me? Which grace is not a permanent quality, but offers transitory help from God? Ooh, this one's really tricky. Oh, interesting. So out of all the graces, which one is not permanent, but offers transitory help from God? So I I would say that this is sanctifying grace. Sanctifying because grace. Because it's a sanctifying mm. grace helps us get through transitional times in our lives. Ooh. And it's not a permanent grace, but it's something that we are given uh, in, in a temporary season, depending on the current season of life. Uh, okay, I thought sanctifying grace got you to heaven. Hmm, okay, okay. Hey, what do I know? We're all learning something here today, but let's just see if we can get a second opinion on this from Adrian. Adrian, can you tell me which grace is not permanent, 
uh, but offers a transitory help from God. Yes, so actual grace is the grace that you that is the not a permanent quality, but offers transitory help from God, whereas sanctifying grace is what you get from going to confession, and if you die in sanctifying grace, you go to heaven. So your answer is actual grace. Yes. Okay. Hmm. Okay, Becky, let me summarize for you. Adrian says it's actual grace, whereas Janice says it's sanctifying grace. Super tricky question today, uh, but what say you? 15 seconds on the clock. Uh, repeat the question. I, I got the answers, but I don't remember the question. Which grace is not a permanent quality, but offers transitory help from God? Actual or is it salvific? Janice says salvific and Adrian says actual. I'm going to go with Janice. Are you sure? <laughs> Are you making me doubt? I need an answer quick. Oh, no. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm it was hard. That was hard. It's not your fault, Vicky. It's, I, I no blame idea. Adrian I completely idea. for that. I mean, <laughs> although he was right. Okay, technically Adrian was right. There's, there's different names for the graces that God gives us. And True. so actual grace is the permanent quality of grace. No, 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 no. Tr- Sanctifying grace is the permanent quality of grace. So that's the one that gets you to heaven. Yeah. Actual grace is the movements of God to try to uh, move us towards particular Super actions. Super tricky question, Vicky. But guess what? You, I, we all learned something today, right? So uh, now you can show off at work or, or with your family and friends and say, you know, uh, have you ever heard of uh, sanctifying? and actual grace. Do you know the differences? And you can just, you know, party trick them into uh, into some fun conversation. But let's get you in this cup and get you an opportunity. We're going to go to question number two. Adrian, we're going to go to you this time. Adrian, can you do me a favor and translate into English the Latin phrase Pax Domini Sit Semper Vobiscum? Ecum Spiritu Tuo. Oh, oh, sorry. You wanted me to... You wanted... You wanted me to translate it. Please, okay, yes. yes, please. Yeah, that would be Pax is peace, Domini is Lord, and... Sit Semper is uh, always, and Vobiscum is with you. So, the peace of the Lord be with you. And then, Echo Spirit Tattoo is, and with your spirit. Okay, so the peace of the Lord be with you. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, let's go to Janice. Or be with you always. Uh, okay, okay, so the peace of the Lord be with you. Sounds like I've heard that like a billion times at Holy Mass. Okay, uh, Janice, can you do me a favor and translate into English for me the Latin phrase Pax Domini Sin Semper Vobiscum? That stands for the Lord bless us all. The, the Lord bless us all. Yes. Okay, mm, okay. okay. All right, so uh, Vicky, here's the deal. Janice seems to think it means the Lord bless us all. Whereas Adrian seems to think it means the peace of the Lord be with you always. 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Vicky, what say you? Adrian, 100%. Wow. <laughs> Easy peasy. Now, Vicky, I don't See, know that Joe, we should you. say such things out loud in public, Vicky. I mean, it goes right to his ego, and this is not good for his soul. I'm just saying. But you are, in fact, correct. <laughs> he is right in this circumstance. The peace of the Lord be with you. We've all heard it at Holy Mass. God is so very good. So uh, yet another thing we can impress our friends with. Pax Domini sit semper vobiscum. All right. I'm on a clock here, so i got to keep track of the time. Third question. I think we can get you in here twice. Let's see how this goes down. Back to Janice. Janice, can you tell me, did Jesus add water to his wine at the Last Supper as the priest does at Holy Mass? Yes, he did. 
solid answer. Mm-hmm. Love it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. I wonder what Adrian will say. Adrian, can you tell me, did Jesus add water to his wine at the Last Supper as the priest does at Holy Mass? Yeah, Janice said yes, right? <laughs> okay. No. There you go. So, so you were weighing your options. Yeah. So it's a 50-50 chance. <laughs> so, so if she says yes, then you have to say no. Exactly. Like, golly, do you wish. He has no, to be against As me. if there's no gray area in between. Like, no. Like he had the water close Maybe? by. Or? He might have. No, that doesn't work. No. <laughs> doesn't I'm going to go with no. Okay. So your answer is no. And all right. So here's the deal. Vicky. Um, did Jesus add water to his wine at the Holy Mass or at the Last Supper, which instituted the Eucharist? As the priest does the Holy Mass, Janice says yes, and Adrian says no. 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Vicky, what say you? I don't know, but I'm going to guess Janice. Survey says <laughs> yes. Well done. Praise be to God. You are All you right. are correct, Vicky. So, all right, so here's the deal. Janice is putting your name into the coffee cup and stirring it up vigorously to give give everybody a fair shot. All right. It may not be God's will, Vicky, that your name come out of that cup, but okay. it could be. So let's just we hang out our, and see. We have our little winner here, and the winner this week are Andrea and Mary Femeth. Oh, Andrea and Mary, praise be to God. Congratulations. I think these are the twins that we had earlier this week. Yes, they were like six, right? Yeah, they were six. They were cute. Our six-year-old twins won this week. Well, praise God. Praise be to God. Vicki, it was not God's will that you should win this week, but try. you can try again. Praise be to God. Another time. We're very grateful for you being on our show and laughing with us and having a good time. Thank you. Have a great day, Vicki. Enjoy the barbecue. Uh, I will enjoy uh, the barbecue for sure. So I will. As I Joe might get not. the address we'll and time. And what, what, what should I show up? And anyway, Vicky, God bless you. Have a great day. And that is going to do it for the radio side of our show this week. We had some laughs. We cried a little bit. We had some serious points. But it was a lot of fun hanging out with you. We're going to hang out in the after show and have a casual conversation. Let you drive that conversation. All you got to do is comment. Let us know what you want to talk about. And if you don't comment, then we talk about food and movies. That's the rules. But uh, you can do that on our website at grnonline.com forward slash CDT. We are live streaming to YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Odyssey, but also on the website, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. God love you. God bless you. Have a great weekend. We'll see you back here Monday. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. Praise be to God. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. The after show is in commission. We're going through it all right now. Joe went to go grab some coffee, so I was like, okay, well, that's fine. We'll go. We'll talk about Joe while he's not here. We'll, be, uh, we'll just gossip about him. So leave, leave a comment down below. What's your, uh, that just, just all the rumors in there. He won't see it later. Don't worry. He, he doesn't check the comments. Don't, don't, it's, it's fine. It's just between us. Uh, let's see. Praise be to God. Thank you everybody for tuning in today. We, it's really cool to see. I'm trying to count how many people we have on. We have, uh, five over on uh, GRN Facebook page, 11 on the other and four, 12 
and I can't count. See, this, this is a rule. Uh, you don't don't do math on live radio or on live video because whenever you uh, start doing math, it just it just becomes a disaster very quickly, very very quickly. So I try not to do that. Plus, I study theology, so for me, you know, one plus one plus one equals one. Um, so you know that's how it works. The Holy Trinity. Praise be to God. Sonia, thank you. Uh, yes, we are very tricky. Um, didn't try to be, but, you know, it happens. It'd be like that sometimes. But, you know, I, I love the Latin prayers. The trivia questions, I think, are a lot of fun because a lot of really good opportunities to learn something. Like, for instance, did Jesus add water to his wine at the Last Supper as a priest does at Mass? Yes, it's super cool because the practice of the consecration, all the things that are necessary, because if you only had wine and did not add water, you actually don't have the proper matter to consecrate the Eucharist because that is not what our Lord did. You have to do what our Lord did. That's why you can't use grape juice or crackers or rice cakes. You have to use the things that our Lord used in order for the sacrament to be efficacious, to, for the sacrament to be confected. And so that's very important. Uh, let's see. The question of grace. Yeah, there's two types of grace. There's sanctifying grace and there's actual grace. Actual grace is what moves us, especially in, in the initial movement of the soul towards the conversion, to your, towards your conversion. So, for instance, whenever you are first baptized, of course, in that case, uh, most of us, if we're cradle Catholics, you are uh, baptized as a child in the faith of your parents and godparents is what uh, gets you baptized. But if as an adult, whenever you have a movement towards faith, it is initially the actual grace that moves you towards faith, and then your faith moves you towards baptism, and baptism gives you sanctifying grace, which is what is uh, divine life in your soul. When you commit mortal sin, sanctifying grace flees from your soul, and you are in the realm of the devil and the damned. Uh, and then actual grace is what moves you to go back to confession. So if you ever committed a mortal sin and then felt moved to go to confession, that is the movement of actual grace. Uh, actual grace is also the, the grace that we receive in every particular case um, that's, uh, that, move, that, that God gives us to uh, help us in our spiritual life or in just our daily life as well. So there you go, folks. Uh, Chris said, new mug quote, I studied theology, not math. Therefore, one plus one plus one equals one. Yeah, that's how it goes. Uh, you you thought, were in my thought, class. You I were in my thought, class. I thought you studied communications, or what was you study? You had a minor in theology. No, no, I have a double major. I have a ma- I have a bachelor's in oh, theology, okay. a bachelor's in communications, radio, TV, broadcasting, and a minor in philosophy. Oh, okay, yeah. got it. So triple triple major. Uh, no, double major, double major. one minor. Oh, okay, mm-hmm. got it. Okay, yep, yep. major and minor, minor. Right. So two majors: yeah. theology and communications. One minor in philosophy. Uh, Victor Mendoza said, did Jesus give communion on the hand to the apostles at the Last Supper? A lot of people try to justify communion on the hand by saying this, but scripture doesn't specify either. I would assume that they did receive communion on the hand, uh, but the difference being, one, they're all bishops, so they're not lay people. All the, uh, the apostles there are bishops of the church. And I'm also, uh, it is said, St. Thomas actually says that, that Judas received communion too. So people use that as a justification to say, well, see, if Judas can receive communion, then therefore uh, Joe Biden can receive communion and all sinners should be able to receive communion. Uh, This is a nonsensical argument because Judas is not the model of the spiritual life. In fact, what Judas does, we should try to avoid doing, uh, typically speaking. So yes, they did receive communion on the hand, most likely. Um, it even says, Holy Scripture, Holy Writ says that Judas dipped his hand in the bowl in which Christ's was, hand was in. And so that implies that he was taking from the bowl, so he was using his hands. Um, so it, it is, oh, that is true, uh, but there's no problem with bishops receiving communion on the hand. And also, you have to look. I did a great uh, podcast. I highly recommend. Maybe I'll throw a link in there. I did, I, I think it was like a three or four uh, hour 
podcast on the history of communion on the hand, tracing it from Holy Scripture to the early church fathers, to the mystics and the saints, to the doctors of the church. Um, and I lay out why communion on the hand is no bueno. Uh, so I did, maybe I'll throw that in the, in the uh, description uh, later. But yeah, that's great. And then, yeah, so Judas, he received Holy Communion, but what is it? What does St. Paul say? He says, he who eats and drinks while not discerning the body and blood of our Lord eats and drinks his own damnation. Now, this is incredibly important because most of the fathers of the church and the doctors of the church agree that Judas's like major sin was at John 6, at the end of John 6, I think it's verse 54 through 66, he talks about he he's rejecting uh, the true presence of Christ in the Eucharist. Whenever he, our Lord says, "This is a hard." Uh, whenever the Jews say, "This is a hard saying," who can accept this? And many left him. That's John six verse sixty uh, verse sixty six. Uh, they all left him. What happens there? What is that's when Judas denies the true presence of our Lord in the Eucharist. So what happened at the Last Supper? He received the body and blood, soul and divinity of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ in the Blessed Sacrament, and th- while not discerning. The body and blood of our Lord. And thus he ate and drank his own damnation. That is huge. That mm. is huge. Because uh, most of the saints and the fathers would also talk about how Judas, once he did this act, once he received the blessed sacrament in a state of mortal sin, while not discerning the body and blood, it solidified his soul to be to reject Christ. Amazing. Amazing. Praise be to God. I loved, I was just going back through some of these comments uh, that people have been posting. There's some good ones here that we could add to our... Uh to our uh, our mug our mu- our pithy lines for the for the next generation of CDT mugs, um, two and a half majors. I think that's kind of cute. That's fun. That's fun. That must have been something you said. But the da 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 da. I like that. That would be that'd be fun to put on a mug. That'd be awesome. Uh, there was another one. I can't remember. Back it up. Back Do it you up. guys Back actually own a lot of mugs that have Emperor phrases like Adrian. these? No, I own none. Oh, <laughs> well, the first version of the Catholic Drive Time mug, uh, which you have autographed, by the way, uh, has no has no catchphrase on it whatsoever. And I was saying yesterday that I think we ought to put the next version. We ought to put catchphrase on. So we're we should maybe we should do a poll when it uh, when it comes time for that and ask you, the CDT insiders, what you want to see on your next version of the CDT mug? By the way, did you guys recognize some uh, brand new commenters today? Ma, did you t- show your T-Rex arms in the video you sent out? I did get the T-Rex package. Melanie is- said, I watched the inside of your studio that Joe posted in the email. Very cool. He does have T-Rex arms. Told you. <laughs> Told you. <laughs> if you want to see Joe's T-Rex arms, you got to go watch you the video. You got to go watch the video. How many views do we have now? I don't know. Seven? I'm not sure. Oh, well, I think yesterday there was, I think there was eight. eight. And now <laughs> I went down? <laughs> yes, exactly. Yesterday we had eight, and now we have Somebody protested seven. to YouTube. I want my, my view removed <laughs> in protest. I actually don't know how many views there were, uh, but not many. I mean, praise oh, be to God. Okay. God's will be done in all things, but... Uh, Let's just see here. I'll, I'll, I'll pull out the current statistic here of the numbers. Uh, Drumroll, please. Uh, there you go. 70. <laughs> Very anticlimactic, right? Oh, it went from seven, from eight to seven to so, 70. 70. How many? 70. 70. <laughs> seven zero. Seven zero. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, yes. Uh, That's some good stuff right there, man. Yeah, That's I still like, stuff. let Jesus drive your heart for the mug. Okay. Mm-hmm. Jesus take the wheel. Jesus take we should I should sing that song. Maybe the next vlog. Isn't that a country song? I'll sing Jesus take the wheel. Mm-hmm. Joe has T-Rex arms. Yes, he does. 
But the good news is, in the resurrection, my arms, I'll have an eight-foot wingspan. It'll he be amazing. He keeps telling himself that. He's trying to make himself feel better. It'll be, it'll be amazing. <laughs> uh, praise be to God. What's everybody up to this weekend? Um, besides going to Adrian's Barbecue Cookout, which he is happy to invite all of you to, by the way. Uh, Whitney Amida. I don't think she's a first-time commenter, no? Hey, praise be to God. I think so. Good morning. Yay and amen. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to if you. If you're a first-time commenter, let us know because uh, I'm getting kind of, I'm not 100% certain about all the people, but, you know, Anne-Marie, you're a first-time commenter. You told us that. So welcome. 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 Uh, Matthew Grubb, are you a first-time commenter? I think you're not, but I'm not 100% certain. If you are, welcome to the show, Matthew Grubb. And then Victor Mendoza, you are not a first-time commenter, right? Not. I think you're, you're, you've been here before. Yeah, praise be to God. Good morning to you. It's good to see you guys here. Thank you for hanging out with us. We're very grateful for our first-time commenters. Uh, it means a lot to us. So, And it, let us know where you're from, too. That would be wonderful. Uh, Mike is hanging out with us over... Do you recognize everybody, or am I... Re- no, you're redundant? good. You're good. Mike at Odyssey. I needed coffee today, guys. I'm so sorry, but I, need, I needed coffee. Mm-hmm. I was feeling short. Mike is hanging out with us on Odyssey this morning. Now, he had some comments we couldn't get to during our guest yeah, segment stuff. with Peter Breen. Uh, Mike was saying he is applying for... The religious religious exemption, but his employer requires only 255 characters in the request. Think about that. Not words. That's a tweet. Characters. That's a tweet. Essentially, it's just a little little longer than a than a tweet. Odyssey allows 300 characters. Yeah. Do you guys know people personally in your personal family circles that are having to deal with this? Or yeah. yes, yes, we do. Me too. Uh, I know. I know uh, someone who. My dad has to get a works for letter. an unnamed airline as an unnamed airline pilot. I don't want to give too much away there. Uh, who is uh, facing? It's obviously not spirit facing because playoffs. they wouldn't have, they wouldn't fire anybody. <laughs> <laughs> now, is that in good spirit? Hmm. No, it's not. Definitely not a good spirit. I've been. Is it? I've sp- flown. I've flown spirit. It, is it the spirit of Vatican II to reject people? Uh, no comment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Mike uh. said Bishop Snyder had this discussion referring to communion on the hand a couple years ago at the Catholic Identity Conference. I will never touch the sacred host again. Amen. Uh, Mike, uh, actually, my podcast, a huge section of it, is based off of his book. Um, uh, let me think. What is Dominus Est? It is the Lord. Uh, that's the name of his book, Dominus Est. And he, it's a very small book. You could read it in like a day. I read it in like two and a half hours. And he, it's, uh, it's a small booklet just going through and talking about why uh, you should not receive communion on the hand. And he gives in a great example. In my podcast, I tell the story that he tells there. And he, in the, he talks about how his uh, grandmother was an extraordinary minister of Holy Communion. And this is like a long time ago. Like, uh, like his grandmother, that would have been under the communist rule. And what happens is... His, uh, oh, sorry, not, not quite, not quite, <laughs> not really quite it, not quite it. He, uh, so his grandmother was oh, going man. to receive, sorry. uh, was, bad. had a friend that was dying or an aunt or someone, a relative that was dying. And the priest only came by like once a year yeah, because, you know, they're in the middle of communist rule and there was like one priest that served the entire country. And so he was trying to avoid getting captured. And he asked, uh, she asked the priest, could you leave Holy Communion behind so I can give it to so-and-so before they die? Because they were like on death's door. Mm. And she said, okay, here you go, and gave him the rules. And so when he went to go give uh, her communion, mm-hmm. this, is what he, this is what she did. Mm-hmm. She put gloves on, 
get out a pair of tongs, took the blessed sacrament out yeah. of the envelope with a story. pair of tongs and placed it on her mouth and then put everything up and threw it into the fire to be burned up. Yeah. And that was uh, Bishop Snyder's uh, example of a legitimate use of extraordinary ministers of Holy Communion. Yeah, wow. Uh, Christopher Chance here with a comment. Well, Joe, if Christ still had his wounds after the resurrection, can you be sure that your arms will increase in length? This is something I'm seriously pondering when I contemplate the resurrection of the body. Um, can we ban Christopher Chance from the channel? Yeah, one second. Hmm. Okay, he is officially banned. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, yeah, I, Chris, I was telling Joe the exact same thing. I was like, dude, I am going his, to be having the bald spot I'm and the be, short arms are his battle scars. I will be nine foot tall with an eight foot wingspan. I'm just sure. saying, I'm getting rid of the of the T Rex package in the resurrection. How okay. t- mm-hmm. how tall are you, Joe? Five eleven. Oh, five eleven. Five eleven. Yeah. Uh, mm. No, nah, I, I I'm joking. Obviously, it's it's just I'm just having a laugh, having a fun. <laughs> Gloria, good morning to you. She says she will be attending a marriage conference tomorrow in Longview, put on by Saint John Paul II Foundation. Uh, out of Houston with Deacon Harold Burke Service speaking. Yeah, praise God. Very familiar with the JP2 Institute, or and JP2 Foundation, forgive me. And I am very familiar. I'm very good friends with uh, Deacon Harold Burke Service. He's an amazing we have man. Him back. We haven't had him in a long time. It's true. We haven't had him in a long time. The problem with Deacon Harold is he's from Portland, so it means he has to get up at zero dark, dark, dark 30. Yeah. But uh, he'll do it. He'll M. M. Jonja, let us know if... Um, you have a name you want us to call you by? Oh yeah, uh, I was going to ask about First that. time commenter said uh, from Wonderful. Toronto, Canada. Praise be to God. Good morning to Welcome you. Welcome to the show. How Praise do we to God. say your name? That was one of my questions. <laughs> Congratulations. Well, welcome. I didn't mean to cut that off too quickly, but uh, good morning and thank you for commenting for the first time. And we're glad you're here. But uh, how do I say? How do we say your your handle there? M Yanya? Is it Ya or John? Janja? Yanya? I don't know. But Toronto, Canada, praise be to God. Chris said, I thought I would have been banned due to constant hashtags. <laughs> uh, I have, I've been to Toronto a couple of times. It's been a very long time since I have been to Toronto, but uh, praise be to God. You know, uh, one of my big regrets when it comes to Canada is having gone to Montreal and not visited St. Joseph's Oratory. Ugh, I want to beat myself. Well, now you'll never go to Canada. I want to beat myself up over that one. And I lived right there. You're I could need all eight vaccines. I was to get, so to close. Again. It would have been so easy to go. And now uh, it doesn't look like it's going to be possible unless it's God's will. And he opens, opens the border to the unvaxxed like me. 20 vaccines you're going to have to get in order to go. <laughs> just so <Yeah>. you know. <laughs> all of them. You got to get all of them. Um, I'll guess what I watched last night. Or I watched part of it anyway. I didn't watch the whole thing, but I watched part of it. Um, famous sci-fi western. You have any guesses? Famous sci-fi western. Star yeah, or, or no, or I'll, I'll, okay, I'll give you another. Blade hint. Runner. No. So it's uh, the first hint is famous sci-fi western. I can give you another. Cowboys hint. and Alien versus Alien. Oh darn it! You got it too quickly. There you go. Come on, man. There you go. <laughs> I, I was gonna get the next thing I was gonna say is James Bond and Indiana Jones. James Have you seen Cowboys and, and Aliens? James Bond? No. Uh, I saw... Have I seen it? I feel like I have. But for some reason, I'm Raise like having hand weird if you've seen memories of it. Cowboys and Aliens. I'm just curious. I had never seen the film before, and I saw a clip of it on, on my YouTube feed. And so I watched the clip, and then it piqued my interest. The 2011 one? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. It I piqued my one. interest, so I, I started watching it on Amazon Prime. And... Um, 
That was a horrible, horrible <laughs> movie. Why, why are you? Why well, are you bringing this up? This that movie was so horrible. Well, because the rule is, unless someone gives me something to talk about, we talk about movies or food. So um, I was watching this film, and you know what was interesting about the film was one, you had Daniel Craig, so you got James Bond. You had uh, Harrison Ford, so you got Indiana Jones, and uh, and of course Han Solo, and um, so you got big name actors. You had uh, several other good actors, well known actors in this film. The guy who uh, played the Irishman in Braveheart, uh, Sean, he was in this film as well. Don't go watch it. Big, huge names. And still, you get it gets very campy at times. At times? <laughs> the whole movie. What are you talking about? You you that got, movie was like... You got... It's so cliche. It's so campy. You had the, you had the uh, outlaw Western gang leader, Robin State show coach character. That was Daniel Day... Uh, no, uh, Daniel Craig. Daniel Craig's character. Then you had the the greedy cattle baron character. Every that, character in that sh- that's, movie that's, that's, was a stereotype. Uh, that's uh, uh, Harrison Ford's character, and then you had the the preacher, the west, the preacher who lives out way out west, uh, but still drinks and shoots character, the uh, Christian preacher guy. And somehow they were able to shoot demons. Makes no <laughs> sense. I mean aliens. <laughs> okay, so this is where I'm going. You see where the train is headed. <laughs> And then you had the uh, the doctor who runs the bar, married to a lady who they're like way in over their head, and they're hanging out with a bunch of hooligans and uh, and sinners. Uh, and then you had the Indians, <laughs> you had the Indians involved, and then of course you have aliens. So you had like all every character that's been in every movie ever in the in the West. Somehow the director <laughs> hoodwinked them all to be in this all movie. Of them. Everyone it made no sense. And the moral of the story was. We all have to just work together, and we can overcome the demons. I mean, the aliens. Yeah, that was horrible. Which are once again, thank you, Hollywood, are once again crazy creatures that are here to destroy humanity. Yeah. That is the only narrative that comes out of Hollywood, with very rare exception, when it comes to sci-fi alien movies. Okay. Have you you heard of the fake alien invasion that the government's planning? Oh, no. Oh, my goodness. I'm afraid to ask. We need that. Lori said, is it a mortal sin to shoot an alien? Um, Hmm. Well, I mean, it depends. Hmm. I mean, first... If they're demons, then no, because you can't kill an alien. Are you, you can't defending? Kill a demon. Are you defending Two, yourself against them? Then no. Yeah. It second, be. if they're defending yourself, then no. It'd be like defending yourself against anything else. And three, I mean, if it's, a, it's if it depends if it's a rational creature. If it's a rational creature, then you, you can't just go around shooting them for no reason. Uh, if they're not a rational creature, well, then it'd be just like shooting an animal. You should still have a good reason, but it doesn't have to be in yeah. self defense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, John Delac said, uh, I heard that St. Cyril of Alexandria in the 4th century wrote about forming a throne with one hand under the other for receiving the Eucharist. Have you heard anything about that? So I addressed that in my podcast, so I just linked it there if you want to take a listen. And then Dominus Est with uh, Bishop Athanasius Snyder, he addresses that as well. Uh, but the long story short of it is the is the fact that it is doubtful on whether or not that's an actual letter of St. Cyril. It's uh, more of a pseudo Cyril that is written of. Um, also, if it is actually a l- authentic letter from St. Cyril, it also says that we should take the Eucharist and put it on our eyes and our ears and on our nose to sanctify our senses. And we don't do that because we've just figured out if that was true that they did do that at that time, we realized 
it's not quite appropriate to do. Um, so we can't have what uh, Pope St. Pius X called a false antiquarianism, which is to say we go back to an old practice just because it was mm-hmm. old. Because there were cases in the in the uh, early church where there was communion on the hand, which I I list a few of the of the sources for that in my in my podcast. But yeah, it is true. There were cases where communion on the hand was allowed uh, in the early church. The problem is by the time we get to the sixth century, it was already banned. Like it was anathematized to receive communion in the hand. Why is that? Because we quickly understood that the great mystery of the Eucharist was such a blessing and such a grandeur that we had to protect it to the utmost extent. And so to say, okay, yeah, maybe, maybe even if I granted that the entire first 500 years, everyone received communion in the hand, it still would not follow that we should do it today because that would be false antiquarianism, which is to go back to old things just because they're old. There is legitimate yeah. development of doctrine that happens. And I would say that this, if it is true that that happened, um, that we, this is a legitimate development of doctrine. Check out the podcast. Make sure you subscribe and share that as well. Catholic Conversation, uh, Catholic Conversations. What is it? Uh, it's on Buzzsprout. It's uh, if you just look up uh, Catholic Conversations. Buzzsprout.com. Yeah, is what Catholic Conversations. Buzzsprout.com. Check out that podcast. It's linked up, I think, everywhere. Except, did you put it in Odyssey? I don't think I you did. did. Mm-hmm. Speaking of Odyssey, Mike asks a very uh, serious question. Uh, Mike uh, over on Odyssey says, "Joe, how many apples grow on a tree?" Uh oh. All of them, of course. How many apples grow on a tree? Well, here's a question for you, Mike. Um, what oh. do you call a cow on a trampoline? A milkshake. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <sighs> this is what you get on Friday. This is, this <laughs> this is what you get. This is what you get. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, did you see the... Did, uh, Joaquin wants to know if we saw the controversy about... Uh, Superman. Speaking of videos oh. that get no watch time, <laughs> I posted, we did a What's Concerning Us on that topic, Joaquin, and uh, I took the, I took the, um, the, the image off of the article. Of, that was horrible. It was a horrible looking image. <clears throat> Very scandalous. But that's the image I used uh, to, to put on as the video thumbnail. And people... Uh, Unnamed persons of my team who work for me and are in the room at the moment uh, actually hid the video from their feeds. <laughs> yeah, I, I hid it. I saw it. And I was like, sorry, Joe. I don't want to see this on my timeline all day. And so I hid so, the video. So it got like zero watch time. It, like nobody watched it. But uh, I did end up changing the thumbnail because I agree. It is a such a scandalous image. Disgusting. It was disgusting. But by the way, I think the guy who drew that or... Who there, I, 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 take this with a grain of salt because I don't remember the details, but I thought I saw an article this week that said that the gentleman at the D.C. who was responsible for all that quit. Don't know if that's true or not. <clears throat> or there was somebody who quit over all of that. you got to look up the details. I'm not certain of them. But either way, the video that we put out on that one didn't get any watch time this yeah, week. Yeah, lo siento. Uh, uh, I'll, tell Grant, did. Oh, sorry, I, I'll tell you what did get a lot of watch time was... Our, our conversation about the conversion of Dr. Michael Nazir Ali <clears throat> uh, coming in, that got a great amount of watch time. So did our conversation with Steve Cunningham on the cancelization of census fidelium, which, by the way, they've been, you obviously know, they've been restored. Praise be to God. We're grateful for that. But those two videos did very well this week for us. Um, but the rest, not so much. I, the the, the I tell you what else is doing still very well is the commentary we did on 
Pope Francis's comments on Raymond Arorio. That video still gets quite a bit of watch time. Praise Jesus. So, um, Bud Grant on uh, CDT side says, uh, "Morning blessings, also from Toronto, Canada." So, awesome. wonderful. Praise hey, to God. welcome. Praise uh, be to God. Majanja said, "Adrian got it right. It's a Swahili word meaning smart. It's not my real name, since." Do not want my employers to know who I am on the web. LOL. Yep. Fair enough, dude. Fair enough. Fair I know enough. a lot of people who do that because uh, even people who like, like Anthony Stein, who uh, does his, uh, what's the uh, name of his show? Returning, Return to, no, it's. Return to Tradition. Is it Return to Tradition? Yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. His, he uh, doesn't show his face because of that same reason. Um, Mike from Restoring the Faith doesn't say his last name for that reason. Uh, a lot of, a lot of people don't do that because they're like, I have a normal job and I'll get in trouble if I talk about these things this so, is why i wear yeah. a disguise on the show right see, if i were to take the glasses off you see what i'm saying yep can't do that mm-hmm. now then you look like that gay guy i mean superman <laughs> <laughs> ouch from your lips to god's ears by the way uh bud you're a first time commenter right no no i'm pretty sure i've you're seen returned? bud grant before bud well welcome back let to the me show. know if i'm wrong let yeah. me know yeah praise be to god welcome back uh what else is going on we only have a couple minutes left in our conversation today i i haven't picked out any movies that are coming that i want to watch this weekend i don't know if that'll happen or not i do plan on trying to go hunting this weekend at some point um i i watched the first doom the first doom was a tragedy unfortunately uh they way overdid it they tried to compress so much information into too little of a space didn't know that was a remake actually you did not know this was a remake when did the first Doom come out are you being serious seriously are you joking dune oh my heavens Let's see. Uh, it's tough being the old guy in the room. Dune movie. You know what I'm saying? 1984, dude. You know dude. what I'm saying? <laughs> hey, guess what else was in 1984? Uh, Billie Jean is not my girl. Not my lover. Not Is it not my lover or my yeah. girl? I'm pretty sure it's lover. Isn't that a song? Yeah, that's Michael, uh, Michael Jackson. Jackson. Yeah. Yeah, Beat It. Remember Beat yeah. It? You mean mm. the pedophile who, slept, who uh, abused children? <laughs> I know. Sad, isn't it? Yeah. That was big hit in 1984. Oh, well, um, at go. any rate... I, I, I don't know that I'm going to watch Dune. We'll see. I'll watch it. I'll let you know on, on There Monday. is a film coming out about Lucy oh, uh, and Desi. I don't know if you guys saw that. But Who's Lucy and Desi? Oh, my heaven. Raise your hand. <laughs> Are you guys? Raise your hand if you guys know who Lucy O'Ball is and Desi Arnaz. But, the I Love Lucy show, you have to have heard. Oh, I've heard of I Love Lucy. Yeah. Okay, well then. I've never seen there's it. There's a movie about them coming out. Oh. I, th- I find that fascinating. Interesting. Are you guys going to go watch the Purgatory movie that's coming out? I think they have a showing on uh, Monday and Thursday. And mm, probably not. it's based on the writings of Padre Pio. Yeah, you were supposed to book a guest for that. I did. I emailed them. I sent them an, a message on their website. And unfortunately, they never reached. They never responded. And What's I also, up with that? I also noticed that a lot of their language was in Polish. Or yeah, was it, it's a so, Polish movie. So maybe, yeah, maybe they don't understand title. my email. <laughs> uh, so maybe so I actually, should translate it in Polish. We probably could get a guest on next week to talk about it if we want to. Because Tim from the station actually got... He got... Tickets? Uh, 10, 15 tickets, 15 tickets oh. to give away. I'm very curious can about I, it anyway. Can I grab one from him? <laughs> Maybe. You talk to him when he comes in. I would love to grab a ticket. Guess who is on a Monday, though? Julia Maloney's coming back. She yeah. has a book out on the St. Gallen Mafia. That's going to be Monday. We're looking forward to that, praise be to God. And then Jack Posobiec is going to be on Tuesday to talk about uh, psyops in the news. Let me tell you, that is a concern. When you, I look at probably no lie... I don't know, two dozen 
websites on the news when I'm aggregating news to share right here on the show. And I try to avoid the pitfalls, but sometimes it can be very hard to avoid these pitfalls. And uh, Jack is like, uh, he's vicious on Twitter for for calling these things out. So he's going to be on to comment on the Facebook whistleblower story that was out two weeks ago, maybe. Uh, That's coming up on Tuesday. So we're looking forward to that. So it'd be great if we could get somebody on Purgatory. Yeah, that would be awesome. How did, maybe Tim knows somebody in Houston that's connected to the screening, the private screening? I think they reached out to him. I think he probably is only talking to the PR people, but maybe the PR people can put us in touch with the producers. Yes, that would make sense. That would be great. Because I'm pretty sure the the producer actually doesn't speak fluent English, and maybe that's why they haven't responded to my email. (laughs) Well, ask him. When he comes in, ask him, see what he can do, because that'd be fun to talk to them about that. Yeah, it looks like a good movie. Um, You know, actually, faith-based movies like these, like, like very Catholic sourced Catholic films are actually my favorite. Um, so I love like these movies. So I am super excited and uh, my birthday's coming up. So I'll make that an excuse to kind of make, get a have a fun like movie night uh, and I'll have to convince my husband. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be fun. Praise be to God. Um, all right. Thank you for hanging out with us today. Praise be to Jesus and all things. I'm glad some of you guys have heard about the Lucille Ball film coming out. That looks interesting. I, the, I mean, there wasn't a lot of information in the trailer to know how good it'll be or whatever, but I'm fascinated. I grew up with watching Lucille Ball shows, so that's going to be fun. Have a great weekend. God bless you. God love you. We're going to be back on Monday with uh, the St. Gallen Mafia with uh, Julia Maloney. Tell a friend, and we would be very appreciative. And if you haven't opened your email, the CDT Insider email I sent yesterday, make sure you do that. Watch the video of the behind the scenes. It was a lot of fun to make. God love you. Have a great weekend. We'll see you then.